At this point, every information portal is saturated with mindfulness content. But this show is a unique, unusual, curious take on mindfulness. Some of what you hear will be completely new to you. Let's dive in and take a look at the nature of the aware mind. I invite you to deepen your awareness so that you may be liberated and inspired. We are here with Sarah Vallely, mindfulness teacher, coach, and author. Sarah has been teaching meditation and mindfulness for the past two decades, training and certifying others to teach mindfulness. Sarah is the author of four books. Her latest book is titled Tame, Soothe, Dwell, The 55 Teachings of TSD Mindfulness. On today's episode of the podcast, Sarah takes us through her 22-minute mindfulness exercise. And uh, during this exercise, you will learn to awaken to your own thinking and become a mindful observer of your own thoughts. The advantage, of course, being that you can separate yourself from your thinking. I'm Jacob DeRosset. We are here with Sarah Valley. Sarah, how are you? I'm great, Jacob. Thank you. The first step with this exercise is to just sit for one minute and not try to do anything with your mind, not try to meditate, just to, to sit. How does your physical body feel just sitting here? Do you ever notice how your physical body reacts in the beginning when you sit down and meditate? Yeah, I, I definitely am very connected to how I feel physically. Yeah, I think our physical bodies almost have a personality all to themselves. And sometimes our physical body is like, yeah, I'm cool with, with sitting still and doing this meditation. But other times our physical body is just jumpy and not, not really into it. And then the next step is to ask yourself, is thinking happening? You could do this for about two minutes, but the timing isn't as important as the order, doing these steps in order. Asking yourself, is there thinking happening? As soon as we start to look for our thinking, our thinking stops for a period of time. And so if that happens, then asking yourself, well, what's happening instead? If I'm not thinking, what am I noticing instead? Am I noticing the sounds? Am I noticing physical sensations? Am I noticing my breath? Am I noticing a slight urge to experience an emotion? I have these moments where I feel an emotion just start to percolate and just start to come up, but it hasn't completely manifested. It's just like this urge to feel maybe a little bit frustrated because of something that's going on, for example. The benefit of being awake and aware when this happens is it usually lets the process diminish quickly. So the emotion doesn't come up completely because I'm aware and watching it happen. So I don't move into irritation. I don't move into frustration. Also, I've noticed a slight urge to think a thought without actually thinking the thought. And I notice these come up more as a picture. So I'll be sitting there asking myself, is thinking happening? And I'll just be sitting there noticing. And then I might see a picture pop up in my mind, which to me, that feels like a thought about to manifest. But since I'm very conscious and awake, it just kind of dissipates and I don't actually go into the, the whole thinking of it all. And to answer this question, is there thinking happening? You really need to ask the question, what is thinking? You need to define what a thought is if you're going to notice and know that there's thinking happening. So here are some different versions of thinking that I thought I would share. 
is thinking you narrating something completely consciously? I'm going to stop talking for a few seconds and quietly in my head, I'm going to say, Jacob and I have a podcast. If we consciously say, I need to go take the garbage out, that might be an example of uh, real conscious narrating. But I also notice this slightly unconscious narrating. I'm narrating stuff, but I'm not completely deciding that this is what I'm going to narrate. It just kind of happens. And I call that the shadow narrator. I speak a lot. I'm teaching classes. I'm working with clients, podcasting. So I find myself a lot rehearsing what I'm going to say, but I don't set out to do that. My mind just does it. Also, emphasis is another example, which I do a lot, which is I said something maybe a day ago, and then I find myself saying it again in my head a day later for no reason, just that shadow narrator just going about its business. The disadvantage of this type of thinking is that it expends mental energy, and we only have a certain amount of mental energy. I think everybody has that experience, but I don't know if a lot of people are aware of it. It looms around, especially if I'm driving. That's where it happens the most for me. And uh, I'll think through things and almost never do I come to any resolve. So every time that that is happening and I'm narrating, you know, going through and and thinking about stuff, conversations I have to have or things I have to do, but more specifically, if I have a problem that I'm trying to work on, it almost never gets solved in that process of driving around and thinking about it. So then I'm like, okay, I'll put on a podcast or something else to take up that bandwidth because the bandwidth is not getting Mm -hmm. used properly. If that makes sense, you know, it's kind of just, we're just ruminating. Basically we're not really resolving. Yeah. It can tire us out too. Another type of thinking I call the echo chamber or the void. (laughs) And this is a really cool place to be in a meditation. And for me, what this is like is I've been meditating for a little while and I notice a thought that's verbal, but I don't consider the narrator because it's completely unrelated to anything that's going on. It's also often completely unrelated to me in any way. It's just so random. One that happened to me the other day is I heard double contract. I'm not in any contract with anybody, but I'm in this meditation in my echo chamber and I hear double contract. (laughs) It's wild the things that you'll hear in in this space of your meditation. So that's a different type of thinking. That happens to me all the time. I just think of random words for no reason, or I I have a random thought that someone once said something that sounded funny to me, like cellar door. Somebody said cellar door, (laughs) but maybe the way they said it, and I'll just be walking around and it just pops up. And I'm like, why, why that? You know, (laughs) why, Uh why did that come up? Yeah. Yeah. It can be laughable sometimes if you're really conscious of it. Another type of thinking I call engaged thinking, and that's when you're completely absorbed in your thinking. It's as if you're in the movie of it. It's very visual often, and there's little awareness of the present moment. So when you're in this engaged thinking, you're not aware of what's going on around you to to a large degree on a very conscious, awake level on a peripheral level i need to survive mode <laughs> yeah you you know what's going on around you but not not being very mindful and when you're in this engaged thinking in your meditation and you're noticing it it's usually because you woke up from it and you're like oh i just kind of went down that spiral into 
all of that thinking. And so answering that question, is there thinking happening? You might get into this real engaged type thinking and then wake up to it and say, oh, yes, yes, there's thinking. I was just just kind of lost there for a moment. Okay. So in a dream, if you can wake up, is that a form of engaged thinking? That's in a dream state. All these things that I'm listing are when you're awake as far as you're not asleep. If I go on this whole rant about how I need to fix my website and I'll actually see it in my mind, I might even see myself working on my computer from first person and fixing my website and I don't realize I'm in this whole cycle of thinking. If that happens while I'm meditating, then I wake up from it and be like, oh, I was super engaged and absorbed and didn't even realize I was meditating. Yeah, that happens to me most of the time when I'm meditating. Like that's probably the thing I do the most because I meditate in the mornings predominantly. So when I'm engaged in meditation, it's usually followed up by writing down all the stuff I have to do. I usually make myself meditate before that. Although because my whole concern has been, well, if I begin the process of listing all the things I need to do today, I'll continue off in that process. And I've kept that narrative for years. And it's like, but then when I'm meditating, I'm thinking about, oh yeah, don't forget this thing that you thought of on your walk this morning. When it's like, maybe I should just write down stuff before I start and even pause, you know, daring and write it down and uh, experiment with that. I was actually thinking of that this morning because I was like, what would happen if I wrote down everything I needed to do before I started? You know, like what would happen? Maybe it would help. But yeah, I gauge in thought. Because of fear of forgetting things. I don't know, but that was a that was a whole whole tangent I went on this morning. See right there, I just engaged with that thought right there. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the yeah. process I'm in. Yeah. And as far as writing things down before after meditation, some of my students do that, but if it's really important, it'll pop up again. Yeah, just to kind of let your let yourself off the hook there. Well, I'm really fascinated with this type of thinking. So if I'm in meditation and I come out of it, I wake up to this type of thinking. I like to investigate what that experience was like quickly right after before I forget. And for me, that type of thinking is very visual. There's definitely a visual component. Yeah. And so the next step is ask yourself, am I engaged in the thinking or am I observing it? So just as a recap, you've spent a minute just sitting there, not doing anything. Then you've spent maybe a couple minutes after that asking yourself, is there thinking happening? And then this third step is taking a few minutes, maybe three minutes and ask, am I engaged in the thinking or am I observing it? So you've identified that there's thinking that's happening. And so then you wait for the next thinking to occur and notice how engaged you are with it, or are you more stepped back and observing it? And I don't think that this is very black and white. It's not like you're engaged or you're observing it. There's all these degrees of it. It's definitely a spectrum. So during this step, just simply notice when you're thinking again, and then notice if you are experiencing the thinking first person or third person. I always struggle with first person versus third person. I always struggle with what that means. But basically, every time I'm engaging with a thought, when I meditate, at some point, I then switch out of that into observing the fact that I am thinking and realizing and then going back, which is what most people associate with meditation. Oh, there I'm thinking, okay, back to whatever it was that I was previously focusing on. So yeah, I definitely transition out of that because I've been meditating for years now. So I'm able to do that. 
but the initial loss of the attention due to the engagement with the thought that is the one that's the most hard i think it takes a long time but is that what that means by the way yeah when guided imagery used to be really popular they used to talk about first person and third person guided imagery for visualization and guided imagery they say it's stronger if you're in first person so that means that when you are visualizing yourself on the beach you're not in the air looking down on yourself walking on the beach or lying on the beach instead you are visualizing yourself as if you're in your own body looking out around you at the beach. So you wouldn't necessarily see your body. So that would be first person. Third person would be you are watching yourself walk on the beach or watching yourself relax at the beach. So as far as the thinking, if you are in first person thinking, then you're totally absorbed in it. You're engaged in it. You're not connected with what's going on around you. The third person would be you're observing yourself thinking the thought. And so that narrator type thinking is very easy. You can notice yourself going through these, these narration, the echo chamber I talked about. Definitely third person because you're just noticing this random stuff. You're not identifying with it. If you're in this first person experience, you're really submerged in it. And the third person experience, you're separated from it. And so that's answering that question. Am I engaged? The next step is, and you can maybe take about four minutes to do this, is to ask yourself, what is the content of my thinking? The topics of what you're thinking about aren't necessarily that important. But the reason that this step is in here to investigate what the topic of your thinking is about is because that helps you move into that third person. That helps you take that step back. If you're in a place where you're observing and noticing what the topic of your thinking is, then you've definitely separated yourself to some degree, which is the whole crux of mindfulness, right? That's what we're trying to do. And not to put a lot of effort into it, just minimal effort, just enough to notice, hmm, I was thinking about the trip that I'm planning, or I was thinking about the dishes that I need to get done, or I was thinking about, oh, don't forget to do your laundry, right? Just minimal effort. Oh, that was a good answer for my previous question then is like, if you can notice the content, if you can notice the topic of the thought, then you know you're in third person. That's a great way to differentiate the two. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a really good practice. The next step is to continue to notice what your next thought is, continue to take a step back and notice the content, and then to also be able to name the thinking past or future. Just take a moment during your meditation and say, oh, that was thinking about the past. You could just say past to yourself to name it. And that does the same exact thing. It takes you even a step further back into that observation mode. I noticed on there, there's no option to think of a present thought. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, I thought about that. That's very unlikely. What would be an example of a thought about the present? Okay, I had an example of this. There was a very unique sound in my apartment. So my thought was, what is that sound? And by the time you have that thought, the sound already happened. And so that would be past. But if it is a sound that's continuous and you're saying, what is that sound? Then technically, I guess that would be present, but 
really you're asking that question about the sound that already happened. But yeah, that's definitely debatable. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, if we really want to get into it, there's technically no present. Everything is technically the past or thought, you know, like there is no present because every single millisecond is is just disappearing into the ether. But, you know, I thought it was very helpful for, for me to differentiate broader spectrum, right? That was a sound. That was a thought of something that happened yesterday. Something that's happening within the span of this sitting is how I define the present. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm with you that like, you know, technically there's no present. Yeah. 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 I mean, hopefully if it's in the present, you're not necessarily thinking about it. You're just noticing it. Great question. Following along with these steps, I'll review them again. First step, just taking the first minute and sitting down still, not trying to do anything particular with your mind. It's just about your body. Second step, asking, is there any thinking happening? Next step, asking, am I engaged in the thinking or am I observing it? And then the next step after that, what is the content of my thinking? And then the next step after that is the content of my thinking about the past or the future. And there is one more step I'm going to go over, but I just wanted to point out that if you are new at this type of process, you might not get all the way up to step five, it might be too difficult. And that's totally fine. This is an exercise that you can work with over a period of a few months. And so you can stay with the first three steps, for example, for your first several sittings. And you can also go backwards. If you try step four, and it's just too difficult, you can just go back to step three, you don't need to get up into these other steps. But this is just a way that you can further your practice and your development. Yeah, I have family members and friends sometimes say to me that, oh, I tried meditation and I had to pay attention to my breath and I couldn't, you know, it's too difficult or it's not for me. And then I'm like, yeah, I mean, the first time you went to run, could you have done a half marathon? No. The first time you lifted weights, how much you couldn't lift as much as you did six months. So it's just in your head, you have those trappings of thought. I'm bad at this. This is too difficult. I can't do this. Fixed mindset type things. This is actually a very good linear progression to say, okay, on day one, I was able to recognize a sound in my environment. I would say that this would be actually a very good intro level for somebody to see a a pretty linear improvement. And it's a framework for how to get really good at the practice of noting. And noting is a very well-known mindfulness practice where you label your experiences. This second to last step is to just wait for the next thought to come about or the next group of thoughts to recognize the content. Take that step back to recognize the content to make sure you're that third person. Then name your thinking in a more specific way. So the previous step five was to name your thinking, but in a general way, either past or future, maybe present. But this step six is to name your thinking in a more specific way. What type of thinking is this? What form is this thinking taking? And again, you want to use as little effort as possible. And in the sheet that I will have on the blog are a list of different types of thinking. Naming this type of thinking puts you back even further into this observation role. So here are a few examples of types of thinking. One is devaluing. Anytime you have a thought that is putting yourself down 
making you feel lesser than you didn't do something right. You didn't do something good enough. That would be devaluing. So you could just take a step back and say, huh, that's devaluing. Rumination, thinking about something that happened in the past, reliving it, picking it apart, maybe evaluating your role in it, planning, very typical type of thinking. Okay. I've identified the content. It's about, I need to change the laundry. I'm going to name that task. That's task thinking, worry thinking, identifying the content of your thinking that you're not sure if you're going to make it to your doctor's office in time, and then name that worry thinking. Desire is another type of thinking. Pressure, any type of pressure you're putting on yourself. Assumptions, if something happens, you don't have all the information. So you start filling in the blanks with preconceived notions. Those are assumptions. This step, you need to spend a lot of time with this. A lot of them are almost disguised, or I had several little thoughts go by that needed to be labeled, but I wasn't quick enough. That's something that I think you could spend a whole 20 minute meditation just doing this. I found that to be pretty interesting that I need to definitely spend more time working on this. One of my favorite quotes is uh, whatever gets uh, measured gets managed. So yeah, it's inevitable that if you are paying any amount of attention, you're going to have improvement. I did not like that I was having to open my eyes and look back at the page. But then after I did it and I got to step four, it was very helpful. I was able to go back and drop right back in and it was not disruptive. The first couple of times you do this, it might feel a little awkward because it's not audio. I think it's empowering to know that you don't need to listen to anything you don't even have to have your phone. (laughs) It's in your head. (laughs) The Aware Mind Podcast is a TSD mindfulness production. Please visit our website at tsdmind.org. That is T as in tame, S as in soothe, and D as in dwell. Mind as in mindfulness.org. Check out our blog post for this episode with links to supplemental information such as worksheets you can use to put into practice the mindfulness skills shared in this episode. Also, please sign up for our newsletter and receive mindfulness tips. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at aware underscore mind underscore podcast. Thank you.